With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kahn Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's AMP. IRE, always much appreciated when you tune in. And today, oh, and don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com for every preseason game. We always have for every game, we have what are some of the big takeaways. So if you want to get a kind of a one-stop shopping for NFL knowledge, go to ESPN.com. Anyway, today I'm going to wrap up the Washington Commanders 17-15 preseason opening win over the Cleveland Browns. So just a few, well, a few thoughts, more than a few thoughts and observations from watching the game, rewatching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to start with the, the scene in the stands, something unusual, which was Josh Harris, the new owner, and a couple of his man, his limited partners, uh, Mark Ein, Mitchell Rails, sitting in the stands in the rain for a preseason game in Cleveland. That, if not, if that doesn't represent or symbolize the change that's taking place here, I'm not sure what else would. When Dan Snyder came in, he was young, he was brash, he was aggressive. He was going to change the organization through intimidation. Seriously, I remember hearing that back in 99 that, you know, he felt he could get the players to be in better shape, to play with whatever by just kind of with, through an intimidating presence. That's not how, how Harris is operating. And he talked to he talked to Logan Paulson on the sidelines. He talked to J.P. Finley from NBC4 after the game in the hallways. And you can see that for him, he understands it's not just about him. If, if it is just about one person, you're in trouble. It's about one person knowing how to put together a team and then having to incorporate everybody's um, everybody to push the same way. So he'll he'll talk about like, hey, it's not my team. It's the city's team. And but he understands you, you need to get the right people in place. He understands it's not him. But it's also, you know, I, I don't there's no. He's not putting himself above others in this area. That's why he's sitting in the stands. He's listen. He's a billionaire. We're not, I'm not going to just say he's some regular dude, but that represented it just. It was just kind of funny to. Or it was a change to see that. And I think again, I think it represents what could be taking place here with him. But the mindset, the attitude is so far different, and so it should be welcomed by all of you. And I know it is because we know what the last 24 years were like, but just the juxtaposition of the ten, the start of one tenure versus the start of another and what it portends and what it would mean in the future, because one is a way that you is the, is the recipe for success. The other never was. And early on, I know I felt like he would Stan Snyder would, they would never sustain success because of his approach. They have a chance to sustain success 
because of how I think Josh Harris and this group will approach things. Anyways, a long way to go with that. So let's get that time the field. Going to start with the quarterback and the first team offense, get some offensive observations, and then some on defense, looking at my notes here. First of all, Sam Howell, hard not to like what he did. And was he great? No, he was solid. I think for a first preseason game, Howell did a nice job. Now, keep in mind, the Browns did not have Miles Garrett out there. Uh, Denzel Ward, one of their top corners, not out there. So, you know, you you keep all that stuff. You have to put everything in the, into the mix when you're trying to assess some uh, an offense's game. That I think for Howell, I know you know that he did what he did. That would have affected maybe some others, but um, certainly the pressure would have affected him. Having a better corner out there, it helps the Browns. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But it was what how how looked is what I liked. The other stuff that's fine. But um, so here's what I liked: no turnovers. He didn't put the ball in harm's way. And there was really no pass where you say, oh, that could have been a pick. That was a dangerous throw. He did not do that. A couple of times he threw the ball away instead of trying to force one. There was one time, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this later, but I'll just say it now. There was one time, I think it was like a second and three. He probably could have had Cole Turner on a little stick route. The linebacker was inside of Turner, could have thrown it to the outside of Turner. He's done that in practice. And, and keep it away from danger, leading him away from where the danger is. I think that was there. However, it's a second and three. He didn't feel comfortable throw it. He didn't throw it. And instead, I think ends up throwing the, I think the, I think he scrambled and the ball gets th- thrown away out of bounds. So, you know, could he have made the throw? I think so. Yeah. I think he would probably think that. However, no turnover, live to go another down. So if you're not quite, if he wasn't quite sure, then take a he took a more cautious approach so you get to third and three and that actually was on their scoring drive now third and three they didn't convert but they did get the fourth and three so they didn't put that they so he he kept them in a positive situation so but again that's that's one of those dual things okay you didn't force it but you or you didn't um get the turnover could have had it but you lived to go another down and eventually on that drive they scored so um so i liked i liked how he handled that um, had some really nice throws. John Bates dropped one of those, a nice, ni- nicely designed play where Bates deep crosser and he's open on the sideline, just dropped it. Um, there was a holding call in the play. So it would have been nullified. But again, when you're assessing a preseason game, you kind of, you don't not looking at it like, Oh, the play wouldn't have because it's how did those players react on the play who weren't involved in the holding. Right. And I'll get to more on that in, in a few minutes. I liked how the way Howell used his legs. We know he can do that. We saw that in college. We saw that last year. In fact, his last year in college, he used his legs quite a bit. And it was largely because he had to. So, you know, we've seen that. And he it's funny because he's not a blazer. He just knows how to run. He knows how to create. He has a little bit of a wiggle to him, enough of one where he can extend. And he's got, I think he has good instincts for for um for his with it for his legs so and you know when to run i mean sometimes there are maybe a couple times where maybe you leave the pocket just a little bit early or handle it a little bit better however you know he the ability to extend plays on the fourth down play where he gets gets out you know nothing there extends it to the right scramble drill cole turner does a nice job in fact i wish this is where you can watch when you um 
watching a TV copy because I wasn't able to be at the game. So we, we don't travel much in the preseason. So you're relying on the TV copy of it. But Turner has there's a nice little route where he goes and fakes on a cross, almost like he's faking a pick, but he ducks behind the linebacker. But that put him in position on the scramble drill to get to an opening. So that was something that was positive. We also saw the sprint rollout that that Howell used on that the that the enemy has installed and used. And he does that well. And this is something that I really like. And this is something I felt like last year they didn't do enough of, which is changing the launch angle, moving the pocket, helping the line by doing that, because the line had some issues. And I'll get to that in a minute. So if you can help them out by, again, sometimes it's play action and maybe you're rolling out here, change the launch angle, you know, sprint rollouts. The One of the things that Howell does well is he can throw on the, the move to the right. He can throw on the move to the left. Not every quarterback, not every quarterback can throw to their opposite side like he can, because he gets that body, he gets those hips turned and is able to deliver an accurate throw in that way. Not everybody can do that. So I think you're going to see more of that. But the sprint rollouts, we've seen that throughout training camp. And I think that's a good thing for him and for the offense. Nice throw to Dotson for the touchdown catch. I'm going to get to Dotson in a minute because that dude is going to be good. There is still time for one more family adventure this summer. The country's largest climbing and zipline park is open seven days a week until Labor Day, with eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the perfect place to spend the last few days of summer. Once you're back on the ground, head over to Axe Throwing and try one of their brand new games. You can play Battleship, Blackjack, throw at traditional targets, or even upload your own images. They are now accepting group and family reservations for this fall. Can't make it out before school is back in session? Not to worry. The Adventure Park is open Friday through Sunday every weekend this fall. To end the summer right, listeners of this show can now get $10 off any ticket by entering the promo code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC at checkout. There's still time to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. So let's go page two in your hymnal. A couple times, and I'm, for those listening to it, I'm just turning the page in my notebook. So if you're watching, here's my little hymnal book. So a um, couple times I felt like I'll need to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Again, there was one time there was a blitz um, and he has Dotson inside get rid of the ball. It was, it was there. It was a bang, bang play. And the defensive back drives in the ball. And again, I think he's, I think he was just being a little bit cautious there but when he goes back and watches it. He even said after the game, there were a couple of times he needed to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. That was one of them. And, you know, and I think on that one, he ends up taking a sack, but that's a boom, boom, see it go. You know, this is coming and, and, and then you do it. I mean, again, I talked about the other one to, to Cole Turner, which, <clears throat> because it didn't end up in a negative situation for them, they were able to live and get that up net that, you know, get to third and three, which is highly manageable. And even then it went to fourth and three, in which case um, it was still a manageable situation and they converted it. But overall, I like the game. I don't have these great, great concerns about Sam Howell. And I've told you this, like, I think he can be a good quarterback because he has a lot of traits that you like works hard, 
is becoming a good leader. Um, doesn't let things bother him. And I think you saw that again. They didn't, they didn't do well on those first two drives, not all because of him. He's he's a pretty accurate thrower. And in fact, you know, it's it's their quarterback situation probably better than last year. I think it's safe to say with Jacoby Brissett and then with Howell as a starter. I think you're in a better situation um with that. And so the one of the I like that Howell typically makes quick decisions. You see that in some of the quick game stuff. I think that's going to be a bigger factor this year because of that. And so I, I think it was a good outing for him. I, I think you you don't co- you certainly don't come away thinking, uh-oh, what are they thinking here? You come away thinking, okay, this kid can play, right? It's just when can he get there and can he get there? Can this line help him get to that point? That's going to be another factor as well. And let's go to the line. And again, I'm going to talk about Jahan Dotson in a minute. Really like that kid. So I'm still going to call this a question up front because it is a new group together. They do, you know, it does take time. We're, you're going to hear all those, all those, those phrases, right? And and it's all legit because it does take time for a line to mesh when you have starters at uh, new stars at four positions, and you have one guy changing a position in Sam Cosme. And you have an inexperienced guy at left guard and Chris Paul, although I thought Paul was fine. And, you you know, you have a new center in there. So there's a lot of new parts in there, but they got they have to get better. And this is this is where I bring up the Miles Garrett thing. And that because he wasn't out there and Zadarius Smith was and he, he posed some problems for Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley had a tough debut, to say the least. Had a holding call just several a few times over sets to the outside, anticipating a speed rush and gets beat to the inside. Now, when you watch him in Kansas City, the Chiefs did a good job of helping him out with chips. You can chip a lot, but you can't chip all the time. Sometimes it's just you, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to lock your guy up, right? Or you're gonna have to do a better job one-on-one. And there were times where he was there that he did that as the game as the quarter progressed, <clears throat> but early on, he definitely had some problems. And the oversetting has been a problem. When you watch him in training camp in those one-on-ones, especially, that's where he has some problems is when he oversets. Then again, especially against Montez Sweat. And then Sweat's got his choice because he knows like Sweat has the power, and so does a guy like Smith. You got the power. This guy's oversetting, boom, I'm inside. And and there you go. And that's where he gave up some pressure. And and that's that's something that's gonna have to be, you know, they're gonna have to work on that because it wasn't good. And and typically in practice during the during the 11 on 11, Wiley has been better. So I think there are going to be certain styles of rushers that will give him more problems. And if it's about oversetting against a speed rusher who doesn't convert to power the same way, then it's going to be maybe a little bit better for him. And it wasn't like every play was bad for him. That's not the case, but there were a few that really jumped out. And that's, those are the things that are going to have to be cleared up because you know, you're, it's going to be hard to to have what they need if that, if it doesn't. Let's see. Um, the other one, like Nick Gates, one time in space on the screens, see where the timing gets with that. It, um, you saw Leno gave up gave up a pressure. I thought Cosme was all right. There were a couple of times you get driven back, felt like he could anchor a little bit, but he's still getting moved back a little bit. Um, you know, some I thought some of the run blocks were fine. And so, you know, a, a mixed mixed night there. But 
the line has to get better. And I like that. I like that they start off the second, their last drive with some good runs. And I think that is a way that they can start to get into a rhythm and then help themselves um, with play calling, with uh, situations, right? And if you can get into those second manageable, second and six, where you're not sure run or pass, that's going to help them as well. The, the, the quick decisions, the, you know, the quicker decisions, if with how, as how gets more comfortable in this offense, you're going to see, you should see quicker decisions from him. And, you know, um, maybe as he learns more, what he can do, get away with, you're going to see some of those throws where he hesitated. Maybe he doesn't hesitate and then it's not a sack. And so, you know, heck last year against Dallas, wasn't like he had great protection in that game. And, you know, when you go back and watch it, it wasn't great protection, but he, but he helped himself through decision-making quick throws, et cetera. So he's going to have to do that here and they're going to have to help the line, but again, you're going to, and, and see how the line progresses as a unit. And, Cause that also is key. And then I think it's also, who are you putting out there at tight end to help John Bates with the second unit did a really nice job blocking. He moves his feet. Well, he gets his hands on guys. And I think that's one thing that can help. You can help that first unit with the line to 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 become better that way and again i i like you know there's there's some things to, to like with chris paul again more of a he can move some guys you see him get to saw him get to the linebacker a couple of times and that's that's always a good sign but i do wonder when you look at how with the line and you go back to the draft let's say and they have second round pick juan martin third rounder stromberg fourth rounder daniels if all goes well for this team None of those guys start this year. And that's, listen, you're, if you build quality, quality depth, because you need it, especially a defensive back, especially on the offensive line, that's all good. So it's not about, can the, it's not about like, do I think Quan Martin can help them? Yes, I like Quan Martin. Um, but when you look at how this team is structured defensively, the, th- the first three safeties out there were Percy Butler, uh, Derek Forrest, and of course, Cam Curl. And then the first corners are, well, it was well. Kendall Fuller didn't play, so then it was it was Danny Johnson. Uh, um, um, oh, excuse me. The first two were St. Juiced and Forbes, and then Danny Johnson would go in. So he was going in first. Now they like they like Martin in the slot, and eventually, and he did play in some of those box, you know, those um, in inside the in up up by the line a few times too. So he can do things for you. I like him. I think ultimately he can be a good pick down the road, but I still, you know, sometimes you wonder, well, could they have gone in a, another direction um, with the line or something like that, just to get a guy who can help you a little bit more right now, some young, some youth that can, can elevate now to become a starter this year. But again, I think Martin, and here's the other thing I like about Martin too, is special teams. And he's, he was a gunner, did a nice job in that last night. So I think that's one thing that, you know, he does have value. He absolutely has value. And I think he can play. I think he's a smart player, but it's, you know, when you're trying to compile this and when you're looking at some of the issues up, up front on the line and you have Stromberg and Daniels working with the, with the third team, Daniels clearly has a ways to go. Stromberg's got to get a little bit stronger uh, he's, you know, right now he'd be their third center. So it, that's, it's just tough for a team that needs help in some of those areas. Could you have gone a different way? And again, that's, that's up for debate. And 
the draft, as you know, it always takes a few years to play out because it could be in two years. They listen, that was a really smart pick. And again, I like Quan Martin. I think Stromberg might be able to play. I, I have questions about Daniel's tackle a lot, but I think maybe he could be a guard in the future and maybe he can help him there. So we don't know where these guys are going to go. That's not even the point. But the point is, you know, is when you, again, when you look at the line, like you need a little bit more youth up there who could play right now and develop into something right now. Um, anyway, that's just my little spiel. And again, they, they there's a ways to go on that. I always stress with the draft, it's not an immediate thing, um, but you know, you would like to see you know, a second round pick needs to be a strong, strong con- contributor. And I think Martin could be, but I look at this defense and I think it's, I like what they have in the secondary and it's, it's more about how much they have. But having said that, you always need what he adds. So I'm kind of going all over the place with it, but it's just something when you watch the line, you say like, I think they need more help. Young guys to develop. Do they have enough of those? Now I look at, I say that and there's like, I think Mason Brooks can develop um, into something at some point. Now, will they be able to keep him on the 53? That's going to, that could be difficult, but that's, those are the things you look at um, anyway. But I did like, like I said, Quan Martin, I like how he moves. He did have, you know, he plays, he plays bigger than what he is. I think um, he doesn't shy away when he's up in the box area. You saw him take on some, some duck through some blockers, avoid blocks to make a play. He did get called for a holding penalty, maybe a little bit, you know, I don't know, a little bit wishy-washy there. Um, saw some tug, but yeah, um, not the worst thing, but I, th- I think he does. I think he did a nice job for that, but again, key, he could be a key special teamer as well. Anyway, and with Daniels, with him, I'd like to see, you'd still like to see better technique. And I think that's something they absolutely have to work on with him. There are a lot of times he's letting guys get into his body and, and just letting guys get, get around him. And you have to say, okay, if that was a speed rusher starter, what does that look like? Now he's not ready to go up against those and that's okay. That's they didn't draft him to go up against them immediately, but you'd like to see that technique keep improving. Otherwise then eventually you're going to have to put him in at guard. Jahan Dotson, stud. And I keep saying, like, one of the things I always did last year when I'd watch the games is, is Dotson getting open? If he's not getting the ball, is he getting open? The answer always was, was usually yes. He gets open. And I think one of the things is, and I've talked about this before, he's really good at the top of the routes. He creates separation at the top probably better than anybody that they have. And I think Terry does it off the line a little bit better and fights, you know, that Terry's obviously really good. But I think Jahan, that's where an area where Jahan excels. And I think you saw it on the touchdown. Now he's matched up against the safety, mismatch, right? Mismatch. And he knows that. And I think the safety now has to know that. And the Browns have to know that now. But so on this one, it's a little, little post corner, gets him up inside, but he sells the route hard, right? It's not just a take a step in and kind of turn your head. It was a two steps in, you're turning, safety just bites. Adios, and he turns back out, makes a terrific catch. Now the ball, it wasn't, you know, Dotson, or excuse me, uh, Howell puts it where it needs to. It was a pretty good throw, but it was a really, really good catch by Dotson, and it showed a lot of it showed all it showed a lot of what he can do. He's got the quicks, he's got some of the, those moves at the top, and he has the, he makes he was in college he made 
contested catches. He made circus catches like that in college. So that was nothing for him. And that's what he does. That's what he adds. And it's why that kid's going to be good. So just a matter of how many, I don't know how many catches he'll have, but he's going to be good. And it's because of plays like that. Again, that's what you see in practice. It's when I, I like going back and I like going back and watching the one of the, one of the areas we can tape during practice is the receivers and running routes. So you get to see how do guys do it? Why are guys good in that? And how, excuse me, Dotson does a good job always of selling it at the top, changes the pace a little bit, but it really, really sold. And again, I think he sold it so well because he knows this dude isn't covering me because he's a safety. So I have time to do, to really run it and sell it hard. And as soon as you do that, gone. So there you go. The other thing we saw from this offense, some RPOs, fullback Alex Arma blocking and I think Arma is going to be interesting a couple nice blocks a couple nice kickout blocks did see him uh, miss on one later in the game but I felt like he contributed as a blocker in that role the question for him will be how much are they how much do they really plan to use a fullback I think you could see I think Kansas City I think they had like 60 60 some snaps for their fullbacks last year from scrimmage. So you figure about four a game or so, maybe this team uses more because they need to run the ball a little bit more. And with, and it gives you that extra blocker. Um, if you, if that's the way you want to go. So I think I can see a role for him. The only thing is he doesn't really play much special teams and he only played a couple snaps from special teams last night. So if he, is he, could he have a role in special teams? Cause if you're going to be in that role of fullback, you better play special teams. Cause otherwise, you know, Darrell young, when he was here as a fullback, played special teams. You need to be able to do that. And if you're not, it's really hard to keep a roster spot for a guy who's going to play just a few snaps a game, but he did a nice job in that role. And, and, and who, and the question is who does it come down to for him is because he would be really a fourth running back, but he can also play the tight end. Some of some of those tight end positions, would you keep, would you try to put Curtis Hodges on the practice squad? Hodges played a little bit more special teams, but he's still developing as a, as a tight end. So I don't think he's right. I'm not sure that he's quite ready to go in there and, you know, be a guy there yet. Like I think Cole Turner Bates, obviously Logan Thomas, they're all ahead of him. And I like what Hodges can offer, but is he ready to do that yet? And and can you get more contributions right now from a guy like Arma? And I don't even know if it's going to come down to those two, but those are the kind of decisions. That's how you kind of start to look at the decisions because it's usually not him against, um, another running back because they're going to keep those top three. It's usually him against someone at another position. And speaking of um, the other running backs, I liked what Chris Rodriguez did. I liked, listen, I liked the running backs in general. So, but I liked, but because, you know, I think one thing that Antonio Gibson, he talked about this on the podcast a couple of we- a week or two ago, just about how he was trying to work harder on lowering his shoulder. And I think you saw that on one of his runs. And I know Brian Mitchell pointed it out in the broadcast at the end of the run, lowered his shoulder, got about three more yards after contact. That's a good sign for him. And I like that Rodriguez did that as well. But that's what he showed at Kentucky. So I'm not surprised by that. And when he goes through the hole, protect the ball, I felt like Rodriguez had some good holes to run through. Um, he's a lot of it, the early stuff was arm tackles. Down, but when he got to the secondary, he's he's finishing strong. He's always finishing forward and getting a little bit more after contact. So I think they're in they're I think they're in good shape there. And you know, and I I told you I think Brian Robinson's had a really good camp. Um, and I like that Cole Turner used his size. Um, I thought he did a nice job with that. 
All right, and the last one I want to talk about is Jacoby Brissett. Dude's a professional quarterback, man, and you saw that. Drops a diamond to Byron Pringle, has a really good throw out to De'Ami Brown, handles himself well in all those situations. He has been such a good addition for this franchise. If you need to start him, he's going to. you know what you're going to get. If he's not going to start, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a highly supportive teammate. He's a guy who can mentor Sam Howell. I told you that Florida trip before camp, that was a lot about Jacoby Brissett and the way how he organized it, but also how he worked with Howell down there. I think it's going to be a very good thing for Sam Howell to have Brissett here and good for the organization. But you saw it last night. Again, he's, he's just a pro. And again, I know he's going against backups. That's fine. But he's a pro who's always ready and is a good teammate. Those guys are invaluable. And I know he's bounced around from, from for a few teams because as a starter, he's always kind of like a, he's a really good backup. But if you want a guy who's maybe a better start, whatever. All I know is he's a good addition here. Let's get to the defense for a few minutes, and then we'll wrap this up. I know I've talked a little while, but there's a lot to talk about about a first preseason game. First defense, not the best, not the best series. They only played the one series. It wasn't great. They they end, finished well because they stopped the Browns in a goal line stand. That was great. Nick Chubb doesn't play for the Browns. So, you know, you kind of balance that out. The, I, I felt like they needed to do a better job of getting off blocks. That was one thing that wasn't there. And then Ron Rivera talked about it after the game about some guys coming in behind the play, behind the run which kind of confused them because it was there for them. And Cody Barton did that on one time, a run around left end that gained some pretty good yards. Comes in behind the play. If you shoot the gap right, it's he probably stops him for either no gain or or maybe a loss, but it's certainly not a certainly would have stopped him for a much better in a much better situation. And I told you Kendall Fuller didn't play. Like the tackling of the group overall, felt like they did a good job there. And I wonder, like the a lot of times early in the year, you see that sloppy tackling a little bit. You didn't see that last night. And I wonder if that's not because they've done, they've worked on being more, they've been a little bit more physical in some of these practices. And so I think, I wonder if that, that has to have helped them. Right. Um, I liked with Chase Young, watching him get off the ball. So we've talked a lot about this, about the stutter stepping in the past where he, he'd get up, he'd take the first step and it would be good. Then you go chop, 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 decide which way am I going to go? Well, last night there was there was, I guess, minuscule stutter stepping. It was a off the ball, boom, boom, go. So it was like chop, shuffle, chop your feet and then go. But it wasn't a, it wasn't stutter as much as chop and go. And that's how he, and he was more effective, I think, doing it that way because he maintained the violence with his hands that when in the past, a couple of years ago, he would lose that violence and then be stymied, lose the rush. It's a wrap. But I felt like last night he had a couple of good rushes. He did leave the game with a stinger in his neck. So we'll we'll let you know. We'll be out of practice on Sunday, let you know how that's going. But that is something that um, you know, he I thought he did a nice job in that area. That's a good sign to see. And I think with that in that first defense, I'm not really worried about them because I their line is going to be really good. It wasn't, you know, um, I I think the secondary is going to be really good. And it's just a question of how, where do the linebackers get to? Uh, and Jamin, Day, by the way, Jamin Davis and Barton in there, Kalik Hudson with the twos. Hudson, you know, at, the starter is going to be Davis and Barton. Um, but, it, and then I think the others have to shake things out. But anyway, so not the best first series for them. I thought the Browns did, operated pretty well. 
Um, oh, by the way, speaking of operation, one of the other things I want to point out with the offense, I felt like the operation was good. You didn't see the, there weren't confu- there wasn't confusion up there. There wasn't, you know, no near delay of games or anything like that. The, the pace I felt was pretty good. Anyway, back to the defense. Um, a couple guys that jumped out because again, the stars only played the one series. Emmanuel Forbes, I thought did a nice job, had a nice physical play also with Cam Curl. I think Cam Curl, he and Cam Curl stopped a guy in the hole um, on the on the right side. Montez Sweat with a really nice play on fourth down to, to stop the Browns when they went for it at the at the one yard line. That was a good job. Montez Sweat's going to be good. I mean, it's just a matter of do you finish or not. Um, and so that that's a big key there. The guy who also stood out is Christian Holmes. Now he wasn't playing with the Stars, but with the twos. What I really and he's had a good camp. That kid's going to be on the roster. He's I'd be I'd be surprised if he's not. We put it that way because he's shown what he showed last night is what he's been showing Kemp, pretty solid. But he's also a gunner, and they really like him in that role. So that you have to emphasize the special teams when you're talking about these these position battles because that's what always matters. And and I think he does a nice job there. But he also had a couple pass breakups because he drives in the ball and arrives with some punch and knocked the ball out twice. I just felt like he played a good physical game, smart game. I liked his positioning. There are a couple of times where I'm watching how he's lined up compared to the other corner. He's like a slightly deeper than the other corner at about maybe, maybe the corner on here was at seven yards. He was about seven and a half or eight, but it's like the way he drove on the ball compensated for that. And so that was a good job by him. And I think that was good. Jeremy Reeves played fast. He played like a smart veteran. That's what he is. And he tackled again. They all, I thought they all tackled well. Um, so, you know, I think the other question will be with, with linebacker is do they keep four or five? Because that's going to be a key. And if you're going four, I mean, Mayo will be on their special team standout. You know, Hudson, Eifler, I think Kalik would, to me, I'd give Kalik the edge right now. He's played a lot with the ones and the twos throughout the summer. And then last night he was with the twos. Eifler was more with the twos, the threes. Um, But I think, again, special, they're both involved in special teams. It just, and I don't know how many they're going to keep. It wouldn't shock me if they, typically they've kept five, but with the way the defensive backs are, and I go back to the Quan Martin, the versatility he and Cam Curl offer, and the packages that they can create with that secondary versatility, that it, it may it may lend itself toward keeping four on the active roster, keeping a couple other on practice squad, elevating when you need it to to when you need that to happen. I also thought it was interesting that in the first Cinco package, the five man defensive front, the nose tackle was John Ridgeway instead of Fidari Mathis. Now Mathis um, uh, did play, and and um, I think both those guys offer some beef. And that's what they're going to have. That's what they're going to be inside. They're not. They're not going to be these um, dynamic pass rushers. So when they come in the game, it's really to stop the run, occupy some guys, get upfield a little bit, and and go from there. So anyway, I've rambled on too much. That's it for me. That's the wrap on the Commander 17-15 win, win over the Browns. I'll be back on Sunday with another training camp practice report because they are back in Ashburn Sunday morning. Look for that Sunday afternoon. And then they have the joint practices with the Ravens Tuesday, Wednesday, doing practice reports all week. So I'll talk to you next time.